I love that in the first play you were you were told and you knew because you repeated it that I'm supposed to search these buildings. You took one look through them and were like, well, there's nothing here. And you just <laughs> ran on. Hey, the clock is ticking in a first play. Welcome to New Game Plus. You are listening to a retro gaming podcast where three guys spend seven days playing one old game and then we talk about it. My name's Dustin. My name's Kenny. Nolan. And this is episode 235. That's a big number. All right. Uh, it also is a Patreon pool. That's also hype, but That's not also just a, big a number. Patreon pool. Yeah, it's a big number. Uh, you said, but not just a Patreon pool? Yeah. A special Why? kind of Patreon pool. I mean, it's not if you're thinking this is the producer pool. We've already been there, done that with Metroid Prime, but this is okay. the first Patreon. This is the first of our summer pool party, which is what I was going to say. I don't know. If that's I never true. lose track of which week it is. <laughs> when you do something is... every single week forever, it doesn't ever blur together, ever. We are doing something fun this summer. It is our second annual, because we did it for the first time last summer pool party where every other week this summer we're going to be hosting a pool party so if you support us on patreon then you will be able to submit your games to a much smaller pool to be randomized this week we're playing a game submitted by macaulay mcculkin (laughs) it's always a fun name to pronounce uh and we'll get to that shortly but and, and there has been some gaming news this past week but we talked about it and we thought that we should take a moment to comment on what's going on in our nation and around the world. For those in the far future that are listening back and trying to catch up on a backlog or something, no, this isn't still COVID, although COVID is still a thing. Yeah, it totally still is. It is a thing, but not the most important thing right now. Um, And we just want to take a moment. We have a voice. It's not the loudest voice in the world, but we do have a platform, a podcast we've been doing for almost five years now. And so we want to make it very clear that we, the three of us, New Game Plus, our community, we stand with those who are hurting, who are unheard and mistreated, especially those in the black community. And we reject bias, exclusion, oppression, and the violence that leads to these completely unnecessary deaths that have been going on for far too long. And we promise as a community to continue making content that is centered around common loves, acceptance, and kindness. We've always wanted our our community, our Discord, our show, everything we do to be a positive influence and not one that's negative. And so I just think reminding people that there is, I don't know, good in the world despite how rough 2020 is and just be a voice for those good things is um, just a really nice thing to do. We've talked about it before, but typically gaming communities are not the most kind environments. Sometimes (laughs) toxic. Sometimes toxic. No. Uh, Well, I've heard of it. I've heard of it before. Okay. But we have really strived or striven or strove uh, to help strivied uh, to foster a community that's, is uplifting and building up. And it's been really cool to see that that's the kind of people that we have attracted and the trolls that have come in have not found themselves a home. (laughs) And so they've uh, 
Some of them have lasted days, some weeks, some months, and we know some of you are still here, but uh, everyone is welcome and we are going to continue to create content for um, our community and for people of all color, background, ethnicities, creeds, religions, everyone. It helps if you like old video games. It does, but even if you don't like old video games. Not that you can't listen to our show if you don't. I'm, I'm actually pretty sure we have listeners who don't actually care about retro video gaming at all. Absolutely. Which is kind of cool. Um, <laughs> mom. But yeah. Hey mom. Uh, but it's, it's definitely cool to share uh, a shared passion. And I always love getting the chance to talk to you guys every week, even though this week I'm not metaphorically literally doing it from a closet. Cause I'm traveling and, um, Actually, ditching out on part of my wife's birthday party directly as we speak to be with you guys. Are you today, trying to so. make me feel bad? No, I'm trying to yeah. let you know how valued you are. Are you? You're trying to make us cry while you're far away. Wow, that was on the fly. It was on the fly. It you, was on the fly. You normally pre-prep this stuff and never just like in the moment, but I didn't set that up. You just swung at it, and I'm so proud of you right now. You you be soft. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> I'd be really one soft. That's I expected Dustin to normally go for. Like in our retro game of the week, you know that it's Ubisoft's game, Far Cry. Overview. As previously mentioned, the Retro Game of the Week Far Cry was submitted by one of our listeners and supporters, Macaulay McCulkin, in this Patreon pool. It is a 2004 PC video game, the first of its franchise. The first and PC it, video game ever, right? The first PC game ever? <laughs> I just I didn't know said? what you were going to say it was the first of, and so I was just really confused. But yeah, This it is, is the first... Video game. It's Whoa. the first time it, it's an honor. entertained themselves with anything electronic. That's a far cry from the truth. Yeah. Uh, it is the m- most recent game that we've played. You yes. tracking with me? Yes. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm tracking with you because previously it yes, was Nolan? Ratchet Nolan? and Klizank. Wrong. That was it the second was, most. Uh, it was uh, Halo. Billy Hatcher and the Giant Egg. Correct, GameCube game, yeah. Uh, but yes, so both Ratchet and Clank and Billy Hatcher, two of the most recent games we played. This now has taken the throne, coming out in uh, what March of 2004, and so it has just recently, within the last year or so, became available for us to play. Since we do go to that 15 year old or older mark, um, ten years after it came out on the PC in 2004, it was re released for the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. There's been other versions of the game that has come out as well. It was published by Ovi. Ubisoft, which is the better way to say it. Yes, but again, yes, it is. I think it might be Ubisoft, uh, developed by developed by Crytek, which made a lot of money by then giving this to Ubisoft for them to continue the series and franchise moving forward, uh, because Ubisoft did the rest of the Far Cry series, and it is a first-person shooter. They wanted to try something unique. I'm sure there had been a few other games that had tried it at this time, but this is one of the earlier ones that wanted to give you an open world sandbox 
type experience, giving you the opportunity to complete certain tasks in a way of your choosing. Minecraft. What about it? Unrelated? We're just, we're just naming I just wanted to games. say that. Tetris. Yeah, okay, guys. Y'all are being super helpful. The story <laughs> is like a 90s action movie, right? I, I know this is early 2000s. It's but a I feel Bond like movie. I feel like it's just a 90s action movie with yeah. bad, bad script, bad voice acting, bad writing, uh, just over-the-top explosions. In this game, you are Jack Carver, and you've, you're wearing a bright red Hawaiian bad shirt. The bad name, bad <laughs> guy, bad look. He's wearing a red Hawaiian shirt trying to stealth around the jungles of this mysterious island. Yeah, he's well, clearly a good guy, though. He's the protagonist. Because he's a wine shirt? <laughs> no, you said he was a bad guy. Because his name's Jack. Because he sucks. He's, the, he's he, the hero, and he saves unpro- so much stuff. Unprovoked shoots people in the head. Yes. Well, there's a little bit of provocation. <laughs> I cannot wait to get to the uh, gameplay section to talk about Kenny's first play. Please remind me, Nolan, as soon as we get there. <laughs> oh, that's, no, we're gonna that was first right on my it. docket, too. Jack Carver is shipwrecked on an island filled with ruthless mercenaries, and he doesn't really know why he's there. We, as the player, don't know why he's there. You find out over time as the story is slowly revealed to you, but this mysterious scientist contacts you early on and leads you to a research facility where then the story expands and it turns into a monster shooter. It kind of shifts genres a little yeah. bit. and Gets uh, a little Toraki. Oh, it gets very Toraki. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it is, again, the first kind of foray or one of the early forays. It's a weird word. Don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Into this open world, try different things to get to, to accomplish the task or the goals that are set out before you. I don't yeah. know many first person shooters that had the open world thing. Like I can, to this day, I can name a handful. Like fallout is the most recent and successful ones to do it. I feel, but this was, this was a four and I feel like probably a, a, a pretty big strive in that arena at the time. Other games that are talked about being released right around this time, 2004, maybe a little bit before or a little bit after that we might reference back to a few times, I think it might be helpful, is Half-Life 2 and Halo 2. Both of those games came out around this time. But different. uh, Very different. Those are different, but they are first-person shooters. Yeah, yeah. And Halo, I, I think, is even more comparable to Far Cry in that you do have kind of open world environments. You don't really have multiple ways to tackle certain objectives. It's not sandbox. It, it's linear still. It's more linear. And then Half-Life 2 is even more linear than that. So this one is kind of trying to expand the field a little bit further. I, I think it's also worth noting one of the other notable things about the game isn't just, hey, we're going to do this open world kind of first person shooter but kind of the origin of this game they came up the the company crytek that was developing this came up with a new engine and then wanted an excuse to show off this new technology for how to like give better view distance and all of these really cool technological things and so then they said okay cool we've got this this awesome engine let's build a game for it and that's how far cry came to be and then the the whole crisis series which is kind of fun because if there's the whole um you know 
quite old now meme, but about like, can it run crisis? <laughs> and so can it run crisis, just sort of the, yeah. the technological roots of some of that kind of gaming intersect is a sort of fun thing to acknowledge as well. Can it run Far Cry? Gameplay. Kenny's uh, first play, Dustin. Kenny's first play. Uh, <laughs> everybody needs to pause this podcast, pull up our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash something, and subscribe. No. It's subscribe. okay. You've got, you've got better things to do. <laughs> you need to watch the 83 videos of my Let's Play of Final Fantasy VII Remake, oh and, then, and then okay. you need to watch Kenny's first play of Far Cry. And then you can listen to the rest of this episode, so get to work. <laughs> so we'll see you in a few months. After... I mean, not after, out of all games yeah. to scare somebody to no, not to scare, to petrify someone to the core. <laughs> petrify is a really strong word. It's an there, accurate word. There are, there are so many games, even games that we played. We played the original Half-Life. Pretty terrifying, right? We played, what are some other scary games? Did we play one of the Doom games? We played the Scooby-Doo murder mystery game. I wouldn't have included that one, but, um, but we, you know, <laughs> but we have played some scary <laughs> games as a part of this podcast. Yes. And then we get to Far Cry. And in <laughs> Kenny's first play of Far Cry, he is scared within minutes of playing to the point <laughs> of being he, he's screaming the entire the, in the entire video <laughs> and it yep. scares him into hiccups. What? And he did I literally it. did scare myself so bad that I got the hiccups. That's, that's I've never done story. that. I don't think that's. So, I, that's I don't terror. know if I've ever. I don't know if I've ever done that. I played through and I didn't have any kind of visceral reaction. It was a standard first person <laughs> shooter. And then watching Kenny is blowing me away how scared he is <laughs> of everything. What can I was say? I'm really night? good at immersing myself in video games. And when you have a weird PTSD dream and then end up on a strange island and don't know what's going on and mercenaries start shooting at you, that's scary. <laughs> well, was it? But, but it's no, kind it of isn't, though, because it was, it's just a video it, it was mostly just game. how unexpected it was. It was people jumping out and me not expecting them to be there. It was like accidental jump scares, and <laughs> I totally shouldn't have been. I don't know what it was about my mindset when I was playing that. It was too late at night or something, but it got yeah. me really good. It's classic. It, it's honestly one of the better first plays in a while just because of that. My wife was watching beside me, and she wanted me to clip it and put it on Reddit, thinking that it would be a successful thing because of how terrified you were. I just – you say it was unexpected, Kenny, and I get jump scares and all, but, like, this is – like, it's a video game where mercenaries are on an island that you're going to be coming into contact with. Like, you knew that you're going to be shooting these guys, and these guys are going to be shooting you, but every time you turned a quarter, corner and there was someone there, you un- would unload an entire an entire racket. I don't know guns. An entire, <laughs> an entire racket. racket? Magazine. Magazine. <laughs> magazine. Racket. Don't call me out, Kenny, because you said my, uh, what did, I'm my, out of gun. I'm out of gun. <laughs> I'm out of gun. gun. Yeah, that makes sense. Conceptually, no you have a certain amount of gun to use, and it's <laughs> and a consumable item, and I was out. Okay, so now that we've got that out of the way, this game is... <sighs> We said it's this open sandbox. You get these different objectives and you try to accomplish them. You're first set on this island. You're, you get a few weapons, uh, some melee up close quiet weapons, some guns, some grenades. 
So you can go at this first encampment or outpost in whatever way you want, or so it tells you. But that's <laughs> not how my experience went. Okay, why not? Because I like to play games stealthily. Yes. Any game that gives me the ability to approach a task in a stealthful man- manner, I, I do that. I'm given the choice here, even given that melee weapon for up-close quick kills. However, this game does not let you play stealthily. Sure, not, it does. Not well. Then it, you didn't try, Nolan. If it, you has, it, has, it has the mechanic and it has like a, the bar of like how much attention you're getting or whatever you call that, kind of how safe you are in stealth. So you can kind of do that. And then there are things like if you're in cover, if you're, you know, hanging out in the jungle versus running around visible in front of people, that you get attention or don't get attention. But I'm going to agree with Dustin. It's not something that it allows you to do super easily. Once once it's known that you're there, it's really known in in kind of unbelievable ways too. Like you'll run into a building where nobody would be able to normally see you and people just start like shooting through the walls of the building and hitting you. And you're like, well, this sounds fair. Did y'all try being quiet? Apparently, like I was personally? screaming the whole time. In real life, so, yes. No. Kenny was screaming, so of course <laughs> they knew that he was there. <laughs> okay, so the AI is kind of... I'll okay. give it to you. The AI is pretty strong when it comes to sensing you. And I think they could have done a better job with um, uh, you trusting the environment. Yeah. Like, when you feel like you're in cover, you're totally not. That bush is invisible, Virtually, right. they've given you that stealth meter, and they could have yeah. they could have worked on that a little bit more so that there's an in between. Because you just go from being unseen to seen. If there's a middle ground of like, man, someone may be noticing me where I can back off and be a little bit quieter, then it gives you a little bit more chance to survive. But but pretty much as soon as you're in any kind of visible range of an enemy, the entire camp is alerted and you're dead. Yeah, you're pretty <laughs> much guns blazing. It, it gets pretty chaotic. Yeah, it gets nuts. But here's the thing. I I enjoy stealth like you, Dustin. That's my preferred way of going about these types of games or any game that hints at the ability to do it quietly instead of guns blazing. However, once it went off, I w- still had a blast. I, it was um, a lot of multitasking, but also just a lot of kiting around and running. And it's... Uh, it was unlike a lot of FPS games in that sense because I feel like you get overwhelmed pretty bad in in this game. But I was I was having fun just like turning it on and then you were surviving. To, I mean, kind of. I tried a bunch, but I like I like the whole you failed, try again. You like Dark Souls? I, I I'm a Dark Souls player. Yeah, I'm officially a Dark Souls fan, and so. I was fine with that. I can see how that that both of you were probably super pissed off actually by the end of it. It was but it was a harder game than I wanted to be going through, for sure. So, the, so you should have been quiet. What and the thing is the the difficulty again, this is sort of I think related to complaints people have about the AI and their implementation. The difficulty level of the different difficulty levels, I don't think felt especially different because even when I got frustrated with the like default that you start and you set things to easy for a little while to try and feel like it's going to be a little bit less of a stressful game, it was still a pretty difficult game. And I just didn't feel like the, the gap between 
like easy mode and hard mode was nearly as big as I would expect it to be on a game like this. I just think the AI wasn't configured properly. I think that's a big problem of it. I mean, I like I already mentioned, I think they could have done stealth better, but I think the AI was just too powerful. Yeah, when they did smart. spot me, Nolan, I was dead because yeah. their aim is impeccable. And my aim was pretty good. I streamed a few times in Discord this week and like wanted nobody was in there, but I wanted people to be in there <laughs> because I was sniping people on the head and because I was doing really good shots, but but when there are more of them than there are of me and like an action adventure movie, there's only one of you and there's a thousand of them. And so I'm going to get overwhelmed and killed. And again, when they can shoot through walls and buildings and find me at every turn, I just couldn't stand up against that. I think the unfortunate part was that if one of them saw you like 30 people, like super far away also knew that you were there, which didn't make sense to me. I think more modern stealth games take that into account and would think, okay, this one guy knows you're here. And if you take him out quick enough, then no one else will. So it it felt like they tried to implement some of that kind of stuff because there would be things like the the people that saw you would like go set off an alarm and you would have the option of going and then like turning that alarm back off. But that was then stressful. It didn't feel like turning it off actually made people not know that you were there. And like an enemy would see you and sometimes you'd just immediately get engaged, but sometimes that enemy would like shout for help. And like sure that's a sort of realistic way of making it seem like you know something is happening and maybe I move into another room and it's okay, they're confused, but it's not. It's just like yeah, it was. It, it, there wasn't enough shade of gray between the two. It was all on or or completely safe, and nothing in between. And I, I definitely think that AI fairly is one of the things that people criticize about this game, Dustin. I'm totally in agreement there. Something that helped balance that for me was the pacing of combat that you were getting into. So we said it's a sandbox game in a way that, I mean, you're ex, you're exploring kind of at your own will you do where you go wherever you want and kind of just do whatever and so i felt that after i took down a pretty hard camp of of enemies that i could have some downtime for quite a bit of just like checking out the island which i thought was like the best part for me was just looking around and it it could have done a better job in my opinion of in my opinion of rewarding exploration I didn't feel like I was getting rewarded for that like some other games do, but I also didn't feel like I was constantly in battle. I agree. And I felt like the the pacing of their attempt to make it bearable by giving you like armor and health packs and important weapons was somewhat decently thought out. Um, it seemed like, you know, and again, there's a lot of different ways you could approach a camp or a, things you could take on but it seemed like if you were doing sort of the expected things or had just fought a really big set of enemies or were just about to go into a fight that was really really big that often they would be like okay this is going to be tough here's a couple of things you might need to get to be able to get through this successfully and of course they were wrong i could never get through it successfully (laughs) at least on like the first try uh, you needed 10 body armor but i did learn sort of how it worked better and over time i felt like it was um a little more manageable. It also is easier to do well at these games, I think partly just because it's PC shooter and that's a more comfortable environment for me than um, than console play for shooters, but that's a, a, a personal preference. 
Nolan, I want to go back to something you mentioned just in passing, uh, like last week. I think you just uh, what was it? Glossed over it? Is that what we were? I glossed. Yeah, yeah, I do that. Um, the 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 sandbox environment. When you're given a playground, you should reward people that play around on that ground. <laughs> and I felt like for the sandbox <laughs> really environment well that it gave you, <laughs> thank you for the sandbox environment that it gave you, it didn't reward you much for exploring or going and trying or go, going to different and new locations that aren't just from point A to point B. Maybe every once in a while there was an extra health pack, but there's like Kenny just mentioned, those are kind of layered throughout the linearity of the, of the stages. And yeah. so you're going to come across those when you need them for the most part. Um, but I never found uh, in my time of playing this week that exploration benefited me in new and unique weapons or, uh, or attachments. Anything, yeah, like, like nothing a else of some sort. or skipping certain sections or being able to come in more stealthily. Like you would expect some of those things to be there in exploration. But they do give you a lot of area to explore. But there's you find out pretty quickly there's really no reason to go in all of these areas because it doesn't benefit you in any way. Yeah. I think like if there was some sort of system in place that – yeah, like not treasure chests because it doesn't fit the aesthetic, but right. the equivalent of something that you're like, oh, something. a present. Like yeah. that that makes me want to go get on the like crashed ship that I just found that looks really sick, but there's 30 enemies on it. And I'm like, do I need to go this way? <laughs> do yeah, I want to put yeah. myself through that? Yeah, you. Uh, so on the crash ship, uh, that just made me think. So one of the things that's big here is also big in Halo 2 are there's a lot of different uh, – uh, vehicles to to drive. So early oh, goodness. On, on that first world, you or first area, you drive these little uh, I don't know tanks that are a lot like what's the Halo Two Banshee? Is that what it's called? Yeah, they're, they're, no, they're banshees not, were the flying purple tanks. things. Are banshees are the purple things? Yeah. What are yeah, banshees what are, are the, the flying ones? Well, uh, war, there's warthogs, that, groundhogs, warthogs. warthog. That's yeah. it's just like that here. Um, and then you've also you get on a boat a short uh, like a small uh, boat a short time later, and then yeah, even after that, there's oh the hang glider that was really cool. Oh. I enjoyed that. Well, and and the enemies have vehicles too. You're getting oh, searched yeah. for by helicopters, and then <laughs> yeah. like oh, enemies often. dropping out of troop transports like right next to you, and you're like, well, I'm dead. Oh, jeeps. The jeep was integral. To the gameplay. I had one at all times. I bailed on everything by getting in my Jeep and <laughs> I ran people down with my Jeep. Yeah. It was the best part of <laughs> of exploration was was using the vehicle for That's sure. in Halo 2 also that you yeah. can like get it pa- through doors and into areas yeah. where you're not supposed to have them <laughs> and just mow down people. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought vehicles were really cool. I, so one of my favorite parts um, was – after you clear that first section, you're kind of awarded by the hang glider experience and where you grab a hang glider and it just kind of shows off the engine and the beauty of yeah. the scene that's set up before you as you hang glide down. Um, I, I, I thought the vehicles were a pretty cool addition. So, and before here, you're not getting tons of vehicle work in video games outside of Mario Kart. That's true. It, that's it, a it, good was, point. A, it was a really welcome I mean, addition. Can, can we also point out just how... 90s action movie this was when while you're on your hang glider you're expected to fight against a helicopter and succeed <laughs> yeah a hang i just i just never learned to fly before you're just figuring no. it out i cut to the right and avoided that helicopter altogether that's yes. what i did oh that makes more uh, sense what do you mean you can punch you, it yeah, like, in your you first can, you play can shoot you, at it like in your first play kenny 
you skipped my favorite item in the entire game. So I don't know if you went back to it, and I don't know if you the, ever got it. The machete dagger knife thing or the binoculars? The binoculars. Oh, yeah. So good. Yeah. I, so I, I realized I had missed stuff and then remedied that. I love that in the first play you were you were told and you knew because you repeated it that I'm supposed to search these buildings. You took one look through them and were like, "Well, there's nothing here," and <laughs> you just ran it. on. Hey, there was. The no, clock there was is guns, ticking in a first play. There was guns I missed. There was uh, health really packs, armor stuff I missed. Yeah, it was bad. But the binoculars. The binoculars. Wow. Can I pronounce it like that? Sure. The binoculars, binoculars? are Be- key because you've. You've got your little compass down at the bottom left like you do in a lot of these games. But it doesn't tell you much until you use your binoculars. And it's a really cool thing because it's like a – I don't know. I mean, it's like binoculars or a scope on a uh, on a sniper rifle that you can zoom in. You can see enemies or locations far off and it marks it then on your compass once you see them through the binocular and keeps them there so you can know where they are at all times. I really liked that because it allowed me to scope out and – and make a plan of how I was going to get into a camp or a certain environment. Yeah, it, w- it was a super cool mechanic. I liked that as well. Probably my favorite shift in gameplay uh, when playing this game was was actually early on when you enter that ship. Um, I know the whole point of the game is this island and exploration of the outdoor section, but I, I do think they pulled off a pretty cool little side mission i guess main mission you like the inside your stuff better yeah yeah like i just thought that it the environment was nice um it was just a nice change of pace and i wanted to see a little more of that throughout the game and maybe maybe there is stuff like that later but that was like that was unexpected and i i just liked being in that ship mission like the frigate whatever I, too, enjoyed some of the early environments most because once the enemies change from simple mercenaries to uh, mutated monkeys and invisible creatures, which you probably didn't get as far as to some of those uh, uh, advancements, adaptations in some of the enemies that you're fighting, it just becomes even more difficult, guys, because these things have so much more health and they're coming at you violently and eventually they even wield guns themselves. And then at some (laughs) point- Monkey with a gun? Yes, these mutated (laughs) monkeys with guns. And I know that's somewhat spoiler for the story, but Uh. the story sucks anyways and it's just there to get you to the next environment. Uh, But I- uh, that's why I enjoyed some of the earlier places better because it was hard already, and then it just got harder with without. Yeah, I, yeah. that's uh, monkeys. <laughs> that's monkeys. The other issue is like you, you're talking about the story there being bad. Like, so you're by yourself on this island. The character should be likable and cool or something. I hated Jack. Carver, whatever his name is. He's not interesting. The dialogue was big oof. And so I was just like, I didn't care about my character, who was my only ally. (laughs) Having a red shirt isn't a personality for you? Oh, it totally is, but his shirt sucked. Red Hawaiian shirt. Red Hawaiian shirt, get it right. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm not a, on Team Jack on this game, and I, I think they could have made a better character here. Well, then you probably don't have a team because there's literally like four characters that that have speaking parts or matter exactly. in this game. Jack, the 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 sexy girl that you're after, you know, because that's what you do. Uh, mm-hmm. The scientist that you don't know much about, and then the bad guy. Those are the four people that you know in the whole video game. So if you don't like one fourth of them, then the odds are not in your favor. I guess the effort was really put into that engine and displaying the <laughs> engine was. and the gameplay. And then they were just like, oh, yeah, we need to hire a writer. Hey, John, didn't you used to write short stories? Oh, uh, and he's like, and then John no. wrote this. And then he wrote it. <laughs> I, John, I hope there's actually a guy named John that was a writer for this. There that's listening to was. our show right now that thinks you're actually calling him out and is super offended. Okay. Unfortunately, um, unfortunately, the writer was Alexis Nolent, which she might have gone by John. I, I'm not entirely she sure. She might have gone by Nolan, like just dropped the T. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> also, uh, she's not a she. She's a he. So there's that. She might have gone by Nolan without the T, though. Aged. Okay. We made it clear this is our most recent game to play on the podcast that we would call retro because of the 15 year thing and it feels that way um like i don't it know it doesn't feel retro really oh no at, not at all and in fact or, yes what i'm saying and no uh, it doesn't feel retro or what it does not feel retro in the slightest it's the newest game i've ever played in my life <laughs> in my life <laughs> in my it came life. out in 2020 it came out in 2004 so it's technically within in that scope but like no dude well, i think being on pc too like the oh, graphics yeah. were going to be way better well it's on pc exclusively it did not come out on console because at this time to be yeah. able to pump out something this big you had to go yeah. to the master right. race it didn't yeah. it didn't go to console for another decade oh my gosh <laughs> yeah 2014 it got a release well oh this game but there yeah. had yes other far cry games had come out on the console yes, yes. Right. Time. yeah this one uh, specifically i mean it, it they waited 10 years before they pushed it out but yeah yes even this game in 2004 was mouse and keyboard wasd left click to shoot will mouse to change weapons like all of the still tropes i don't know if they're tropes but mechanics that you use today for first person shooters on the pc it feels super comfortable and and for an accessibility sort of argument like will people who play games today like enjoy this that's certainly one less barrier it's not one of those games that you're going to have to do a bunch of weird remapping or totally Install viruses. recontextualize like how your brain works or, you know, or it like gives you inverted mouse, but doesn't let you turn it off or something silly. Like sometimes we run into like it is, it feels super normal. And that's kind of weird because we are used to having to deal with all that stuff, uh, but it does, it makes it that much easier for people to pick up and, and play but yes, if you're looking for that super retro feel, this may not be it. Well, we're going to run into this. This is the oh, turn yeah. of um, century. gaming where things start to get uh, like they're, the they're best practices are f- they're maturing. The best practices are being set in stone and games are going to just copy them because they're standard and that's what's expected. And so this won't be the first time I think we'll play even older games than this and be like, it doesn't feel retro because things have been similar to this for many, many years now. 
And so, yeah, I think it's easy to jump into this game. That being said, I did run into bugs. I don't know if you guys hit any. So there were a few times where like I fell through textures or got stuck <laughs> behind on a rock and could not move. So I had to change. I had to like go back in a safe state. That's kind of PC <laughs> games kind of just in general still today. I feel like that that happens sometimes. Uh, there's yeah. this one terrible bug where uh, like in game a ceiling falls or something happens and it makes a crashing noise. Well, that crashing noise accidentally got stuck on loop. And oh, no. <laughs> It was bad because it was inside the ship, but it was right before you go to the top of the ship and I kept dying up there. So it would restart me at my most recent save, which was right there at that loop. And so over (laughs) and over and over again, I was stuck for the next hour listening to that terrible crashing sound on repeat. You would think those things have been been fixed by now because this is like, I don't know. It's well, there are patches, and I don't know if it addresses that specific bug, but people did go back and like patch this game after the fact to change some of the AI behavior and to just clean some things up. Uh, we didn't play those versions of it, however. But if you're if you're wanting the sort of classic Far Cry, but in a slightly less of a hurdle environment, those things do exist for you to consume if you would like them. The music, boys. 2004 again we're i mean we're comparing to halo 2 and other games that are around this time halo 2 has an amazing soundtrack uh i thought the music was okay but nothing to write home about fine yeah it's fine fine. i felt like they did just enough uh like ambience uh that some of the sound effects and things were at least thought through that you know birds flying around the island and some like sounds it wasn't like extraordinary there either but i felt like they did enough of that that you could sort of feel immersed but yeah i felt like all the audio was kind of baseline like it was none of the songs are it wasn't going to be on the greatest hits right yeah. agreed how about those graphics though again the graphics are modern and super beautiful like the water looks so good and the render distance is pretty far i mean clearly they're great like it's not like um they're the I don't know. They're really good. <laughs> the but, water physics is what is you 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 totally glossed over that. It, for for two thousand four, <laughs> water is hard to do. I'm not a video game designer, but I know because it does, and it's one of the biggest resource hogs on even modern games trying to get those water physics up. Yeah. But in two thousand four, this had pretty pretty good water physics, and you felt like you were swimming through the water, and you and it it just handled really well. But that's not the only thing, but that is yeah. one of the things that just points to, man, they really did really well with the physics of this game. Absolutely. And yeah. I mean, you hope that they would, considering, again, sort of the reason for this game's existence is to, like, be a PC title all about how things look. Uh, but, yeah, it, if, I think the key there, Dustin, in my opinion, is you said for 2004, Um like, it's, it's not going to compare to modern games. There's a lot of PC games over the years, and even relatively soon after that, after this, that look significantly better. There's still places it just looks a little more dated, but it's sharp. You can tell that the graphics were something they were focusing on, and for 2004... I feel like this was mind-blowing next-generation kind of stuff. And that's kind of yeah, fun for to sure. put for yourself sure it was. You know, in that mode. 
Well, and and still, I think playing it today, I don't think it's a stretch to to go back to. It's not no. like from here to N64 polygon, like right. jagged edges where you're going to cut yourself. This is pretty comparable um, holistically to what we're playing and doing today. Here's, so it's not a it's not a far cry to go and try to here, experience. Here's how I'll summarize it: It's realistic enough that it can scare you. Really badly. We, we know, Kenny. We know. Specifically. <laughs> uh, Far Cry is on GOG and on Steam. You can get it for relatively cheap. Uh, they put it on sale this week because we we picked the game, apparently, and <laughs> I don't know if it's still on sale, but quickly get it on GOG if you would like. The series continued with Far Cry 2 in 2008, Far Cry 3 in 2012, 4 in 2014, and most recently 5 in 2018. They also have a few spinoffs as well, so there's plenty in the series if it's your cup of tea. Final thoughts. At the end of each and every one of our episodes, we determine whether or not the game gets our vote for New Game Plus status, which is our general thumbs up or thumbs down. Does require two-thirds of the vote to swing one way or the other. I'll simply start by saying there's a lot of good about this game. And I can see why it would spawn a series that would continue, that Ubisoft would see something here special about the... Uh, uh, the, the cry, the, the engine, and the, uh, the that there's promise here in the game. And so I can only imagine that the series got better. In fact, I have played, I think I played Far Cry 3, maybe Far Cry 4, and Far Cry 5 looks amazing. I haven't played that yet. So I definitely think it gets better as the series progresses. However, this original Far Cry, I would say that there's too many problems in there to make it fun and enjoyable in this form because it's just difficult. The AI is unfair. You're going to die far too often. And the story, the writing, the characters, those things don't make up for uh, forcing yourself to get through maybe some of those that difficulty curve that is there. So I would say skip over this one, play future games in the Far Cry series. Or if you want a first person shooter from 2004 or right around theirs, you've got Doom 3, Halo 2, and Half-Life 2 play one of those i will say that this first attempt into this series this first entry i feel like they they checked a lot of boxes their personal goals for what they wanted to make but also just like what you need in a good game and i was honestly impressed i i didn't expect it to feel this modern still like to me, this could have been Far Cry. I don't know two or I don't know. It's, it's much not good about enough the series. to be a sequel. What? It's not good enough to be a sequel. You know, Why? sequels are always better. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. I think like they definitely were onto something, and clearly they were because now there's a whole series. And I actually like this one probably more than I would like the newer ones. I've, I've watched, I think I said this last week, maybe not. I watched my roommate in college play four, I guess, maybe three. And I watched him play the whole thing. And it was really fun to watch him play it. But I don't think I would have enjoyed that game. But this older one that is more... It's sandboxy. Like, they, they wanted to get there, but it's still on a mission... Uh, schedule. It's the, it's the pacing is still based into missions, and it reminded me a lot of of Goldeneye in a sense that you do a mission and you get your stat sheet at the end, and there's some replayability there for me in terms of like oh well you could have done it stealthier or something like that. 
I, I honestly, I have to give it a new game plus. I was very impressed by this game, and I do think you should play it because in 2004, they were able to pull this off, and yeah, nice game. Surprised. Nice game. Kenny, ball's in your court. What do you <sighs> say about Far Cry? I didn't want the ball to be in my court this week. Because this is one of those that just confused me. I had a ton of fun with it. I picked up and felt really natural with the controls right away, even though I wasn't super great at it. And so that felt good. Uh, I was obviously immersed enough to be enjoying the experience to feel things on a visceral level, which is a good sign about just sort of what a game's doing to you. Uh, The story, sure, is kind of phoned in, but it's super just like, action tropey and that works fine especially for a first person shooter and so i was i i was and am super torn about this one it, the ai is bad it, the game is a little too hard um there's places that it didn't do as good a job as others but visuals are great it controls easily and it's kind of a fun little adventure to go on and a unique game Here's the deal. We're not comparing it to Halo 2 or Half-Life uh, 2. Yeah. Um, or any of these other games that are its contemporaries. Or I would be like, go play those games. This is not the best shooter that came out in 2004. And it's clearly imperfect. But I had fun with it. And so, I don't know. Um, sometimes well, you gotta know. You, <laughs> you, you gotta to. know. You gotta yeah, know. I, I know. And so, like, I will let that so speak. So... I'm going to say it's New Game Plus worthy, even though it has a ton of weaknesses. I enjoyed myself despite them. And I also think some of the notable things about the start of the franchise and some of the engine and some of the approach to the game are all really good things for people to be familiar with, too. So from a, like, historical game context, I think people should also go check it out. So I'm going to just barely say, sure, let's give it New Game Plus. Which means that Far Cry is New Game Plus certified. But what did you think? We had many write in. Again, we're just going to read a few of those. Thank you for sending in your commentary. Jonathan said, longtime listener and patron, but my first time playing along and commentating. Commentating? Welcome. First things first, I fell in love with the Far Cry series when I first played three at my friend's house. I played every single one since then and loved every second of them, except two. That being said, I love this game. The fights and environments are incredibly immersive and while fairly hard, also extremely fun. It's a lot more linear than future installments of the series, but there is still room for exploration. Unfortunately, exploration, to my knowledge, doesn't reward you a whole lot. Maybe it's because Mm. of the patch version that comes with the game on Steam, but there's also almost no point of stealthing around, even though Mm. the game wants you to. The enemies will always hear you. Also, there is multiplayer, but servers have lost support, so you can't play it. All that being said, I would not give this game New Game Plus. I feel that this game has a pretty... niche audience so it's not something everybody would want to play yeah it's usually not my thing at all like i watched my friend play it i was like i never want to play this game it has nothing in there for me that looks fun but i think we agreed there that there's no rewarding the exploration and so i can agree with you there but for some reason i just i ended up having it's a fun shooter i think it just felt like a nice shooter to me and so i just yeah i followed up 
Garlisle said, I didn't like this one at all. <laughs> Admittedly, Dang. some of this may very well be that I'm low skill in FPS and frustration always makes it hard to enjoy a game. But where this game tries to promise an open scenario that promises creativity, I don't see it. There's little in the way of interesting tools or environmental interaction to play with. Stealth fails frequently due to the AI being spontaneously <laughs> omnipotent and many leveled designs forcing combat anyways. Shootouts, meanwhile, demand crazy precision while enemies melt you in moments once they open fire even from a, mo- a mile away maybe fps aficionados will love it and it's really just me but playing this back to back with metroid prime really just highlighted how generic and boring i found this game to be dang fight well, it's no metroid prime it's no metroid prime but oh, it's also no. a totally different <laughs> kind of game yeah totally different kind of game i wouldn't apples to even oranges it like they're different oh so if one was apples what would you what would it be for you i do like apples to pineapples that's so different. Even closer than apples and oranges, you dingus? Clint said, something I've come to accept in the way I judge games is that to deserve NGP, in my opinion, they should be easily accessible regardless of your gaming experience. I played a good number of FPS games, and I struggled hard on this game while playing through on the easy paradise difficulty. Not once did the thought cross my mind to recommend this game to my gaming friends, much less to my poor wife who laughed at me as I died each time. (laughs) This game is simply too hard and not rewarding enough for me to say it's a worthwhile experience. That being said, the later games in the series improve vastly on this one and will be worth a is it in a few years oh i imagine for sure I, i've been I, I've fully been. convinced yeah am i allowed to change because my vote now that everybody's no. told me how terrible no. they feel like this game was no no but you've got to under, we all three agree that there's something here Absolutely. especially for 2004 right. and so you can only imagine that far cry 2 far cry 3 got it better and yeah, got yeah. it like oh, with yeah. story you, you writing those couple characters. of things and then yeah. keep doing the stuff that was banging, and like this is going to be a really good start. This is a great start to a new series, and and unique. Said. It felt like its own thing as well, even though it did lack a little like story character. It, I don't know. It felt like its own game. Finally, Brojim said, I am a huge fan of this series, and Far Cry 1 was far ahead of its time graphically, as well as showcasing vehicles, stealth gameplay, and adequate gunplay slash story. Eh. But being ahead of its time in 2004 <laughs> doesn't count for anything in 2020. I believe Far Cry's time came in the third through fifth games, where it settled on a solid formula and tone, learning from the mistakes and successes of 1 and 2. This engine went on to be used in the Crisis games, and playing those games would be a better tribute to Far Cry 1 than exposing yourself to this game. No NGP. Oof. <laughs> Dang. Almost universal hatred, yeah. not hatred, yeah. but disapproval here. Yeah, that, that actually surprises me quite a bit. I, I thought going into this section, everyone would have said that they loved it. So I'm, I'm a little surprised. Nevertheless, thank you all for writing in. Even those that we weren't able to mention on this episode, continue to do that, and you might just be featured in one of the next episodes. Always play along with us and send in your commentary to ngppodcast.gmail.com or drop it into our commentary channel in our Discord. But for now, it's time to set aside Far Cry and randomly select from the Retro Master List, which we haven't done in three weeks, our new Retro Game of the Week. Randomizing now. Do y'all know the uh, developer and publisher Millennium Interactive? Oh, yeah. I don't think you do. I feel like that was sarcasm. <laughs> this game was designed, programmed, and uh, d- and the art was done by one man, Chris Sorrell. And uh, it is a part of a series. 
This game came out. Uh, it's a uh, came out for the Amiga, the Atari, and the Sega Genesis. Oof. Okay. Wow. Uh, Deep breaths. It's a platformer where you have to solve puzzles, defeat enemies, and it's uh, all about a fish named James Pond. You huh. could have said so many things. No, other pond. than what you just said. Pond. Yeah. James Pond. Yeah. It's a good James Pond. Pond Underwater Agent is the new retro game of the week. You you could have not read that and just maybe skipped by, this one. By title alone, I'm optimistic. Of course yeah. you are. Kenny, Kenny, you wrote the, it. Kenny the supervillain, his name? <laughs> no. Doc, Dr. Maybe. <laughs> He's me. That one's pretty good. That a one's pretty on good. A play on Dr. No. A play on Dr. No. But... <laughs> Oh no, Kenny's gonna like this a lot, and I'm gonna be mad the whole week. Kenny's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's He's probably got, not gonna uh, give me hiccups at least. James Pond has to protect the the seas and take out the bad guys in underwater areas um, while he's trying to be uh, seduced by attractive mermaids. And uh, so you mentioned right, like uh, you mentioned like a million things that it came out on. Is there one console that we're gonna focus on? Like yes. we're gonna play it on. I, I don't know what it is, but, uh, but we'll figure <laughs> we'll out what's that, the, We'll post that in Discord. <laughs> what's the easiest and most doable? So find a copy of James Pond Underwater Agent and play it along with us this week. Please join us in Discord. We have a thriving community and we want you to be a part of it. You can go to ngppodcast.com and click join us in Discord. And then you will be sent to Discord where you can talk about James Pond. Hey, a big thank you to those of you who support our show on Patreon.com as well, Uh, but especially to you producer-level supporters who go above and beyond and really are the backbone of our ability to keep bringing you good retro gaming content. So um, that's the following people, Amarlian, Austin, Ben, Other Ben, Bro Jim, Chris, Dear Baby, Garlisle, Corey, Maxima, Mr. Lattes, Shauna, The Gaming Druid, Zach, and Zion, you guys are an awesome team of people, and we're so thankful for your support. I still don't love that in your mind, one Ben is Ben, and the other is the other Ben. But, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, no, we'll, but we'll, sorry, you got them wrong. We'll um, get to that eventually. You can follow us on our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and YouTube. Those links are in the show notes. Listen directly on any podcast provider of your choice. Subscribe so that you are the first to get new NGP episodes. And while you're at it, leave a kind rating and review. This episode was edited and produced by our good friend Tom Tate. Join us next week as we play Pond, James Pond, Underwater <laughs> Agent, with levels like License to Bubble, Leak and Let Die, and other oh, names like no. that. And I can't wait. And, and, I, and, and I can't wait for your transition. You got a really high bar. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll be fishy. Until then, I'm still Dustin. I'm Kenny. Jack. Bond. Jack Bond. <laughs> and this has been New Game Plus.